0: School lesson this morning. Exodus, the 20th chapter. We got a rather lengthy reading, so bear with me for a minute. Exodus 20, we're going to read verses 1 through 17. It's the Ten Commandments. It's just a good reminder for us what the Ten Commandments are, coming straight out of the KJV. Amen? Amen? Brother Adam, you got it? All right. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Out of the house of bondage thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt make unto thee any graven images or likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to, to them, nor serve them, for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me. That's unique wording right there, them that hate me. Verse 6. And showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy sons, nor thy daughters, thy manservants, nor thy maidservants, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. My wife said one time if she had maidservants, she wouldn't have to work on Sunday. Amen. Verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Praise the Lord, you may be seated, amen. The Ten Commandments. Amen. Unique. Uh, Today, we live in a day and age that society would love to do away with these laws that we find in the Old Testament. Everywhere we go, we see it on the news. Somebody's wanting to get rid of these these bylaws that we have established our our world around. Amen. The Ten Commandments. Often we hear about the Ten Commandments, but in reality, God gave them many more than ten. There are actually 613 distinct commandments throughout the entire law. Now think about that a moment. If you had 613 things that you had to do and you made sure you couldn't get outside of the 613 things, I'm forgetful, I don't know about y'all, but I would forget somewhere along the way Is that 599 or 483? I just can't remember. 613 different things that the law said that you had to follow and do. However, the Ten Commandments are significant because they are the first ten listed after Moses came down off Mount Sinai. These Ten Commandments are still godly guidelines all believers have the option to follow. No. All believers should follow the Ten Commandments. Pretty... Basic concepts, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are recorded twice in the Old Testament. They are recorded first in Exodus 20, which we just read. And the second time, the Ten Commandments are listed in Deuteronomy 5, 5 through 22. The book of Deuteronomy contains a recounting and review of the laws and teaching in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And this is interesting. The name of Deuteronomy literally means second law. Remember again. If you think about it of these ten things, these ten commandments, please don't answer out loud. Which one is the hardest for you to do? Think about that a moment. Honor your father and mother, maybe. Don't covet, hopefully not. Love the Lord your God. Let's hope we got that one down. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 Not just love your neighbor. That's the easy one. But love my neighbor as I love myself. Wow. I like to do things that are nice for myself. I like to buy myself stuff. Mm. I like time off to be by myself. Am I meddling anybody today except myself today? Love your neighbor as you do yourself. Mm. Although these two accounts of the Ten Commandments are virtually identical, there is one important complementary difference between the two of them. Both versions list the Fourth Commandment as a directive. To remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. The Sabbath was a day the Israelites rested from their labor to focus on their relationship with God. Today, our Sabbath day on Sunday, we should rest from our labor and focus on relationship with God. I didn't come to church this morning to see Sister Moats. Even though I like to see you sister Moses, I didn't come to see you today. I hope we came to focus on relationship with God. Amen. Amen. God wanted to make sure the folk wanted to make sure the Israelites were resting regularly to spend time with their God and remember that he was their ultimate provider. Everyone here knows that I work at Newcore for Volcraft. been there twenty-three years and it has provided well for me and my family and I'm so appreciative of that. But it's not my ultimate provider. Right. It does provide me a paycheck and that's great, but my provider is the Lord. And sometimes in this modern era of we work hard and we get paid and we make a living, I can get that out of order sometimes. And I think that I am doing it. In essence, I'm just spinning my wheels if if I'm thinking about it that way. He is the provider. He gives me the strength to go to work every day. He gives me the job. Amen. He is the ultimate provider. And I don't want to forget it. Remember the Sabbath. We are forgetful people. I forget where I put my keys sometimes. Most of the time, they're going to be in the console on my pickup. I forget that kind of stuff. How many times have this week we forgot something? Someone may have forgot the stove on this morning. I don't know. Hopefully not. I know we've got to church before, and Sister Misia said, Did I turn the iron off? I don't know. Lord help it. Hopefully it don't burn the house down. We, we forget things. But he's saying, remember, putting an important spin on this directive, don't forget this day. It's important. Remember the Sabbath and, to keep it holy. James, the first chapter in the 21st verse, says something unique, kind of along the same lines. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth, didn't remember, forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and stay there, or continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed James is saying don't forget don't forget what you was before you knew the Lord before you dove into his word before you understood the precepts of the, of the word of God don't forget who you were because when we forget we become a just a hearer and we're not going and actually doing anything Amen. I we are the hands and feet of the Lord today and we should be doing something we should be putting that in practice. Yes. If my life is not reflecting that, that I'm doing something for the Lord, right. just like people know that I work for Bullcraft, they should know I work for the Lord. Right. They should be able to see me in my attributes and my conversation and say, ha, huh, he's doing something for the Lord. Yes. It's not just going through the motion I don't want to forget. Right. So I come to church on Sunday to remember yes. and remind myself where I was, where he brought me from, the sins that he remitted for me, I don't want to forget. Amen. Amen. He is the provider and the way maker. Praise the Lord. The Ten Commandments, just 10 of, of the larger 613, cause a lot of questions on exactly how the law should be followed. In fact, by the time Jesus showed up, several different religious sects had differing interpretations on how the various commandments should be followed. When Jesus walked on the earth, many sought to challenge him on his knowledge of the law, not knowing that he was the one who wrote the law. It's amazing how we can uh, get things mixed up. We find the Pharisees challenging the Lord on what about this? Or what is the greatest commandment? And what about this and that? And he's like, I kind of know that. I wrote it. I kind of know what's going on there. One group called the Pharisees were some of the most confrontational. One of them, a lawyer, challenged Jesus one day asking him, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? That's Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus answered, them And it stunned them, Jesus replied, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Everything can be summed up in two things. Love the Lord with everything you have. Heart, soul, mind. And it goes on to say strength. Every bit of that we have to put into loving the Lord and love our neighbor as we do ourselves. The whole Old Testament could be summed up in them two things. All the law and all the prophets hang on them two concepts. The first four of the Ten Commandments all have to do with how we love God. The remaining six all demonstrate ways in which we love our neighbor. In fact, some would argue that the overwhelming majority of the remaining 603 commandments have to do with loving one's neighbor. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Of 613 commandments, 600 plus are all about loving your neighbor. That means it's pretty important. Mm. That's pretty convicting today. Mm. Since Jesus said the law and prophets rested on these two commandments... All the Old Testament either teaches us how to love God or how to love our neighbor. When we seek to love God and love our neighbor, we will fulfill the law. Praise the Lord. I ain't getting very many amens this morning. Ah, oh my goodness. Amen. I, I, as I was reading and thinking about this lesson, it just, whew. I, I have to do better loving my neighbor. Amen. Take a little time. We are so busy. I think about the old-timers that would not in a big hurry. Maybe they didn't understand the time that we do today, but everything was slower. Horses and buggies, no microwave. All that stuff was slower, and they figured out a way to stop by, sit on someone's porch, and talk to them, and, and care about their neighbor. And here I am riding 95 miles down the road, and But I have to get somewhere so fast I I don't even have time to wave. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, Lord. I want to love my neighbor. The Old Testament was not designed to be permanent. Paul wrote, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, Galatians 3. In another place, Paul said that the scripture... That the scripture of the prophets brought us to the place where all people of every nation could know the obedience of faith. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. This is a bold statement and I'm fitting to read. It is impossible, impossible to say one has faith without following the commands of Scripture and the words Jesus spoke. You cannot follow, you cannot have faith without following the Scripture. Either I follow Scripture and I have faith, or I don't follow Scripture and I don't have faith. That's a pretty bold statement. Right. Amen. 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 How do we even believe in the Lord if we don't have faith? That's the first step of salvation is believing that there's a God. We can't even start the, the, the mode of salvation if we don't believe that there's a, there's a God. So to believe that there's a God, we, we need to understand and understand more of his word. Because this word and the Lord is all the same. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. This word is alive and it's real. It's it's his life story. It's our map and roadmap out of him. We learn more about the Lord as we study this word. We get more intimate with him. We know more about him. And our faith grows as we hear this word. Amen. And we come more in tune with him. We understand him his commands, and his scriptures, and we have faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Oh, hallelujah. I want to please the Lord. That means my faith must grow. The closer I get to him, the more faith I want to have in him. Not in me, not in life, not in a stock market, not in a president, but In his word and in him, I've got to have the Lord every day. And it comes back to following these ten simple commandments. The first and the most important is loving the Lord with all your heart. I would dare say if you love the Lord with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, you're going to read some of this book. You're going to want to. Because as I love him with everything, I'm putting that effort in. I want to know more about him. Right. Amen. It becomes simpler when I want to know more about him. Right. Amen. Help me, Lord, to fall in love with him over and over again. Amen. Brother James, come teach the second half. Praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to try to get in this microphone more than he did because I couldn't hear him. Praise God. <laughs> I, I was reading through this this, uh, this lesson, and I, I found some interesting stuff, so just hold on by the seat of your pants. Praise the Lord. But we're going to go to, let's go back to um, actually Mark 20. It's where, it's where the one of the scribes came and was having a conversation with Jesus. I found some interesting stuff talking about loving the Lord. Talking about loving the Lord. Of course, I lost it. Praise God. Yeah, that that's not right. Mark 12:30. There we go. Mark 12:30. The great commandment, one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning and together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus answered and said, first of all, the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy, with all thy soul and with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, namely, this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Just as Brother Justin was saying, with these two commandments that Jesus put forth in front of the scribes covers all of the, all the laws and all the bylaws and everything. Something that I, I find interesting is I want to go through what is the soul? What is the mind, and what is thy strength? What is the heart? I looked. I looked it up, of course, on little Webster's dictionary. But uh, we find that the heart is the emotional and moral nature, as distinguished from intellectual nature. It's separate. It's the emotional seat of the of our our human bodies. Now, as a culture, in, in Bible culture, we set it as the heart. But I learned I, from a long time ago, there was, a, there was a comedian named Mark Lowry. He sang a song he was, because he had looked up the seat of emotions, and he found that all cultures didn't observe the heart as the seat of emotion. Some of it find it in the liver, and some of it finds in the stomach. So what are the essential organs? We have some nurses and doctors here. I would say the liver is a pretty essential organ to have. The heart is an essential organ to have. So when, when a culture is trying to find the seat of emotions, it may not just land on one of the most essential body parts. It might land on another. But it's the emotional nature And moral nature as distinguished from the intellectual nature of our bodies. It's our heart. With, let's go to soul. The spiritual principle embodied in human beings. It's the spiritual part of us. It's the thing that is separate from our minds. The thing that is separate from our emotional, I, I, I don't, Sometimes I get down deep in my soul. And I'm, I'm, dis, I'm distinguished from emotion. I'm distinguished away from my thoughts. And I'm just feeling after the Holy Ghost. And something that is yearning for something more. That is the soul. Your mind. The normal and healthy condition of mental faculties. I want to have that. (laughs) Praise God. Sometimes I don't have that. (laughs) The normal and healthy condition of the mental faculties. I'm not quite 25, so it's not all there yet, but it's getting there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. With all thy strength, we find this in Mark only when we, he's telling this story. And with all thy strength, it's the quality of state of being strong, the capacity for exertion, exertion or endurance. It's what you can do. It's what your your body and your mind can put into function and work for the kingdom of God. So. Uh, Following the commandment, we see that loving the Lord and loving thy neighbor brought this platform into place. Because it was the strength of the saints that put this together. The money came from the saints that worked for it. So you see the strength coming to fruition even in this platform that I'm standing on right now. With all thy heart, your emotion is in it. It's important to have your emotion when you're loving your God. It's important to have your soul, the something that is yearning after something more, it's important to have that loving the Lord. With all thy mind, you have to make sure your mind stays on track and doesn't get filled with the junk and trash from this world that you want to stay focused on the Lord. The first of the four commandments is teach us the important aspect of how to love God. The first command forbade the Israelites from having any other God before Jehovah, Exodus three. The second command is related to the first. The Israelites were not to make any images or idols to serve worship in the place of Jehovah. Today, the gods that come between us and the one true God might not be physical idols of marble or precious metals. Sometimes our contemporary idols are work, money, or individuals who distract us from serving God completely. There was a show I'm sure a lot of people have heard called American Idol. So that's literally saying, hey, this person is supposed to come in between you and God. So if it's a celebrity that comes between you and God, and you're serving them by giving them a follow, you're serving them by maybe giving them money for a cause that they're promoting. I'm not saying that everything is bad, but when you put that in front of the Jesus that I know, that's where things go south. The third commandment cautioned the Israelites not to take the name of the Lord, thy God in vain. Many have con- correctly interpreted this as a directive not to use God's name flippantly or blasphemously as a byword or a curse. But the concept of it entails much more than this. We also should not misuse God's name with things that are not holy or consistent with God's nature. When someone proclaims the name of God over things that are clearly sinful and unrighteous to justify them, there is another form of using God's name in vain. We see this... In a very touchy subject, where I I see this in, in a marriage, in a marriage place, where the pastor is called upon to consecrate the marriage and to say, This is all right in Jesus' name, but the pastor has an uneasy feeling about it. It's some two randos coming in and Or it might be a homosexual couple. I'm just being honest in the world that we live today, we can't just proclaim the name of Jesus and say, This is okay. That is using the Lord's name in vain. Loving God and finding spiritual protection. The commandments to love God and are not for God's benefit only, rather, for all the commandments, including the first four are for our benefit. When we prioritize loving God, we discover peace and rest and comfort He desires for us. When we follow Christ, we find ourselves in heaven. That is the true benefit of following the great commandments. Even more than this, we find that the spiritual protection, the deliverance, we, when we submit to our God, And obedience to him. And it's just as one of the people of missionaries said, they have a little quote of the uh, Gratian missionary family said, if you are always safe, you are always safer in the will of God and following his commands. Something that you don't know about the Gratian missionary family that I'm fixing to tell you is they were called to a foreign country. Even when they had an opening in the western suburbs. But as they found out that it's not just safer in the suburbs because it seems safer. Because when you're not in God's will, nothing is safe except that. You will find God's protection in His will. The second great commandment Jesus said was to love thy neighbor as thyself. This is a direct, directive if especially be, di, that is difficult because of the added phrase, as thyself. In other words, it is not simply enough to love others. We must love them as much as we love our own selves. Of the two great commandments Jesus referenced, this second one might be the hardest to follow. God's, uh, Jesus, uh, while God is per- perfect and holy and righteous, people are not. It seems easier to love a perfect God who loves us back and desires good things for us. It is much harder to love imperfect, flawed people who might horribly wound and harm us. This is why the phrase, as thyself, is so important. And we expect to receive love, mercy, and forgiveness from others. We must freely give that to others as well. Something that has cropped up, I'm sure it's been around for centuries upon centuries, but a thing that we find difficult is thyself. Some people find truly loving themselves as a hard thing. So that's why they don't treat others they do treat others as they love thyself, because they don't even love themselves, because they, are, they do not understand that they are made in God's image. They do not understand that God has a perfect will for them, that God had made them for a purpose and a plan. So the first step in loving thy neighbor as thyself is making sure that you understand God's love for you. And then, in turn, loving thyself as God loves you. And then, loving your neighbor as thyself. I want to read a few interesting things that I found just going through in just Exodus 21, the next next chapter of the Great Commandments and the, and the Ten Commandments. We find some rules and some regulations of just explaining the Ten Commandments more in full, but because we find as, it, as us and the Israelites, we're not the smartest people. We're the smartest people on earth because we're on the only people on earth, but we're not the smartest people. He that smiteth a man, verse 12 of Exodus 21, he that smiteth a man so that he die shall surely be put to death. If a man lie in, not in wait, but God delivered him into his hand, then I will I appoint a place whether he shall flee. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from mine altar that he may die he that smiteth his father and his mother shall surely be put to death. He that stealeth a man and selleth him, or it be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. He that curseth his father and his mother shall surely be put to death. That's some strong consequences for people doing stuff that this world does today. On a daily basis. And if a man strive together in one smite with another with a stone or his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed. If he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then, sh- he shall, then shall he that smote him be quit. And, and he shall pay for the loss of time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. So if you punch a buddy in the face, and he has to lay into the hospital for a few months, You're supposed to pay for it. I think that's pretty simple. But all this, uh, 600 and how many? 613 rules goes through every single situation that the Israelites might have had to deal with. But when Jesus comes along, he said, hey, you know all that stuff that, I covered in the Old Testament, still do it, but this is the easier part. It just kind of zips it up. Love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. When you put your emotion, when you put your mind, when you put your spiritual, when you put all your strength, You understand in the love of God, then you start feeling the love back and you start loving yourself. And then it comes just as simply as one, two, three. And the second is like namely unto this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Praise the Lord. The last of the Ten Commandments, each of these six commandments within the Ten Commandments, falls under the category of love thy neighbor. Just as I was saying while I go. And just as you were loving God and finding spiritual protection, you can love thy neighbor and find spiritual protection. Just like the loving God offers safety and protections for the Christians, so does loving one neighbor. If, God, if love is our prim, primary motivation in how we treat one another, We will experience healthier and more wholesome relationships. We can better our accesses, all of our actions, towards others if we measure whether or not we are acting out of love. And as Paul said, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. When we have love... When we have love for our God, when we have love for his creation, we can see that when we get to heaven, because I, I'm sorry to tell you that you're not going to be fighting with your brother in heaven. I, I'm not going to say, Hey, hey Gabriel, I have a beef with you. <laughs> I, I I don't think that would end well anyway, but that's not going to happen because when we get to heaven when we get to the other side, there will be love, there will be light, and I'm excited to be there. I'm excited to see you all there. Praise the Lord. Let us stand. It is 1040.